it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, I'm going to do my own inner work too. And I'm also going to be reminded by my closest allies why they love me. As you continue to build yourself up and remove yourself from the awareness that I am my body. All right, I have some bad news for all you coffee lovers out there. Did you know that most coffee is high in mold toxicity? Most of you do not know that. Plus, they're heavily sprayed with chemicals. But yeah, mold. Most of the coffee that you are drinking, you are drinking mold. And mold can develop on the coffee beans prior to being roasted. And though the mold is not visible, after the beans are roasted, the toxins are still in the coffee. Yeah, you guys, it's so gross. If you don't know, mold can cause a lot of health and major problems, especially when being ingested. But here is the good news, that there are coffee companies out there that are working tirelessly to make sure that their coffee is free of mold, toxins, and also is organic, pesticide-free, and tastes delicious. And I'm happy to report to you that I am falling in love with this brand, and it's called Purity Coffee. And let me tell you, you can actually taste the difference. I am a coffee snob and I will not even really go to very many coffee shops because I know I'm drinking mold. So I make this in my own home. But right now, Purity Coffee has done this extensive research and they want to share this coffee with you right here on the Manifestable podcast. So there are many reasons why I love this coffee, but not only does it have all this sustainable practices like to the farmers, to the earth, that it's organic, but they actually do all this rigorous testing to make sure it is free of mold and all the other chemical toxins. So Purity wants to give Manifestable podcast listeners 20% off their first order. That's a lot, 20%. Most of these guys give you about 15% off. So 20% off your first order by using the code Manifestable at checkout. So go to puritycoffee.com. It's purity, P-U-R-I-T-Y, coffee.com. And you just use the code when you're checking out Manifestival, M-A-N-I-F-E-S-T-I-V-A-L, and get 20% off your first order. My favorites, there is one that's good for liver. Did you know drinking coffee can actually help your liver? There's a liver one, which I love, and I actually love the dark roast, so whatever floats your boat, but go to puritycoffee.com, use the code manifestable at checkout and get 20% off your first order. I know your body and your health are going to totally thank you and you can thank me later. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome to Manifestable. I'm your host, Danette May, and each week I will bring you epic guests and live coaching where you can come to receive profound breakthroughs, courage to break old patterns, and live into your soul's purpose. My mission is to remind people of their power and that they have the control to tap into their energy to achieve extraordinary things. Everybody, today on the Manifestable podcast, I am so excited because we have some really special questions and coaching that I'm doing. These are people that are going to remain anonymous with their name, their faces, and their likeness, but they are in my high level premium coaching group. And we get super vulnerable. We meet throughout the year, twice a month live. And today I brought them on the Manifestable podcast to really ask their juicy questions. 
And I know that these answers to these questions could be the very thing you need to hear for this next evolution for yourself. And the thing is, we're never, ever really alone in our questions. We're never really alone in this journey that we're on. And when people are willing to get vulnerable and ask their questions, we learn from that. So I'm so grateful for them. This is a fun, fun episode where we talk about relationships. We talk about suicide, deaths, removing breast implants, all the things and the emotions that we experience on the human level. And I'm excited to be joined with these women on the Manifestable Podcast. Let's get started. Let's get grounded first. How about that? We're going to get grounded and then I'm going to ask you to, I'm going to just kind of rapid fire. Some of the questions I might bring someone on live, someone, some of the questions I just might read from chat. I'm going to just kind of flow with what I'm feeling, but let's get grounded. So wherever you're at, go ahead and uncross your legs and let's just kind of relax our shoulders, maybe roll them around just a little bit to get grounded. I'm going to have you take a couple deep breaths in, inhaling in and exhaling out. Beautiful. And inhaling in and exhaling out. Just offering up gratitude that we get to be together today. I want you to think about an intention that you have for today. Maybe it's more peace. Maybe it's a specific question or a specific thing that you are calling forward, I want you to think of that intention right now and put it into your mind's eye, taking a big deep breath in with that intention, trusting, trusting in the timing of answers for you, trusting in the timing and trusting that you have everything within you right now for miracles. And that actually miracles are not something that's outside of us that are sparse, but miracles are something that are happening all the time. And it's just up to us to open our eyes to receive the miracles. That we actually live in a miraculous, miraculous time. And so there's constant miracles. And we get to decide if we see them. So breathing that in for a minute getting connected to this space, to the space I'm in. I'm connecting to the space I'm in. I'm connecting to each one of you, bringing us all together through energy, through intention. Last deep breath in and then exhaling out. Okay. Ah, yes, yes. Okay. So who's going to be brave enough to write in a question? I know that we told you to be prepared, so I'm going to just check on chat. I have my team here, so I might tell them to pull it up. So I know you guys are writing in right now. I'm going to feel into, I'm not, like I said, I'm going, I'm flowing, I'm feeling into it. So just let me know what question. It it will populate right on the back end because I'm not seeing any yet coming in. All right, here's a question. How do you navigate through health scare of cancer coming back while waiting for seeing the doctor. Sending you a lot of love right now as you ask that question. And actually, I think this is quite, I wouldn't say a serious question, but it's something that we're all going to take into massive consideration because I think it's a brilliant question. The fact that you understand the power of energy, 
and you want to stay in a positive state and you want to really use your own powers to navigate what's coming, right? Or what you're feeling or what's happening inside your body. And I actually was talking about this and and the mind, what we're thinking, the emotions we're holding really do have such profound, I would say almost all impact on our what shows up in our reality. And so what I always recommend is trying to avoid reading and hearing about what people are saying around it and maybe look for hope stories, look for miracle stories to look at, to hear, and then put yourself in a state of finding something to do every day that brings massive joy, that puts you in almost like a flow state. So where you're feeling like you're just in joy, that it's easy for your brain to be where it's at. So that's what I love about sports. You can't think about anything else, but that sport you're doing or that thing you're doing. So whoever puts you in those states or an activity, go and do that every single day right now. Okay. It's very imperative. All right. I love you, babe. And we're all putting the mojo out. And when you put the mojo out for someone, you never put it out saying, I don't want this to happen to someone. You actually put out what you intend for them, what you see for them. So see her in amazing health. See her in amazing flow and energy. Also, I would really be looking at any suppressed emotions that you're feeling, that if you felt any suppressed emotions, that I know you've been working through that, but if there's any lingering, communicate them. Communicate them in journal, communicate them out in nature to a tree, communicate them if you feel like it needs to be to a certain person, communicate any emotions that are still residing that you're not resolving because you don't want to hurt someone, don't want to offend someone, go say it to the trees. Or if you need to have certain conversations, have them. Okay. All right. Feeling extremely anxious when husband leaves out of town for work, feeling he has like I have to control. I think I just answered this on the last call. I think I was talking to someone like you on the last coaching call where I just got super real about controlling and this idea that we've got to like fight for something when in reality, what are we fighting for? We get to be in our sovereignty. We get to be in our groundedness. So I'm not going to cover this one because it was in the last coaching call. I'm going to let you go back and listen to that because I think I, I spoke to you maybe. I will keep this anonymous, but she says it's about guilt, shame, and being in a separation, but still loving this man, but knowing and I cannot give 100%. All right, honey, no one knows who you are. You're in a separation, it sounds like, but you're still loving person you're in separation and you but you also know you can't give 100% is that the question I really want to know I need you to elaborate on that because that's elusive okay you got to get very clear with that question (laughs) are you wanting to be with this person but feel you can't what is what you got to get a little bit more on that we might even have to bring you on because it can stay anonymous okay I'm going to go on to the next one. I recently had my breast implants removed and with my new body, I'm very insecure, bringing up old traumas. As my husband grows his business and friend group, I'm finding myself more and more insecure. How do I move into a better space? Because I'm really struggling. Thank you so much for your vulnerability. I actually have had friends who have recently removed their breast implants and I find their journey quite fascinating and beautiful because some of them were models in New York and they were doing a lot of the beauty standards and things to their bodies to try to keep up. It wasn't coming from an intention of 
I just want this. It was because I feel I have to do this to make money or I have to do this to look a certain way. And so their identity of removing them was it was definitely impacting them. And so I just want to say that this is quite normal anytime anything happens, whether we have a knee blow up and we were an athlete or we have we're just shifting anything externally, cut our hair, we get cancer and our hair falls out and we used to have long hair, right? It's it's kind of similar in the fact that we've kind of created an identity around a physical feature. And this is such beautiful medicine for you. I know it doesn't feel like it, but it is beautiful medicine for you because it's an opportunity for you to go, wow, I really get to double down on my understanding of who I am and why people love me. People didn't love me for my breasts. People didn't love me for my body. People love me because they love how they feel in my presence. They love because of the way I love and the way I serve. And you get to love yourself because of those things too. So I would suggest just like we're doing here in premium coaching indefinitely is a daily self-love journey of really pouring into yourself all the things you love about yourself that has nothing to do with physical. And I always say this when I'm on a self-love journey, I know that it's an inner job and definitely say, do some mirror work where you look yourself in your eye, you tell yourself and you write things down of the things you love that have nothing to do with your physical looks every single day. Like this is a non-negotiable, right? Communing with nature every single day, reminding yourself that you're something bigger, that you are not your body. You are not your body. And we have been taught, especially as women, this is a hard one, right? This one's is deeply conditioned. But the one, the people that you trust the most, your closest allies, I would ask them to say, hey, do you mind? I need you right now to pour into me what you see in me that has nothing to do with my looks. Can you just do that for me each day? And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, I'm going to do my own inner work too. And I'm also going to be reminded by my closest allies why they love me. As you continue to build yourself up and remove yourself from the awareness that I am my body. I love you guys. How do I deal with a stepsister not wanting to maintain connect with my family after 41 years? You have to just be okay with it. That's her choice. I'm going to just lay things out real simple. (laughs) We like to control situations. We like to make harmony. We like to make people see things the way we see them. We like people to do things that we think are the right thing that they should do, right? We just like that. It makes us feel very safe when people do what we would like them to do and operate the way that we think they should operate. This is her journey. Can you just let things be as they are? Can you, in the imperfection of what you think is imperfect, let it be? Can you just let it be? And also focus on you a little bit more. Focus on where you can grow. Because I think right now you might be focusing on where she can grow, right? Where she maybe could shift her perspective and how you can make it feel better. Or maybe you're thinking about how it might be impacting somebody else because of her choice. Can you just let it be and just watch and be in curiosity? I love that word, curiosity. Where can we just be in more curiosity of what is? Watching it like you're watching a movie and be like, oh, that's interesting. Not to say that it's not hard and to say, though, that doesn't feel good. I miss her. I I really miss 
It's an idea that you have that she must stay connected to you because it's been 41 years. Maybe, maybe not. Let her go on her journey. And you focus on you and where you need to expand, where you need to grow. Okay, I have healed so much in the past few years, recorded my own meditations. Nice, powerful. I have stepped into who I am, feeling amazing and aligned. However, I do feel like I retreat still after a disappointment in a particular relationship. Have I healed all other relationships? I feel like I know why this is happening, but would love your input. Okay, okay, so basically, you're finding that you want to be open-hearted, but you're also retreating and you can feel yourself retreating and you're not being open. I want you to think about for a minute because I don't know your situation and I don't know. I think we get to have some discernment here because if you're doing a lot of inner work, I need you to really close your eyes and feel into, is this a discernment? Maybe this person isn't really for me. Maybe my soul knows something that I'm still just catching up to. Or is it really that I'm just afraid? I'm just afraid of all the joy that is waiting to be mine. And the only person who can answer that is you. But checking in on this level of discernment of going, hmm, and I do this with female friendships, and you're doing this most likely with a potential lover relationship, but that goes all the same because there's wonderful people and it doesn't mean anything's wrong with him or the, the, either of these girl friendships. But I always am asking, is my pulling back actually because my soul knows that not that this person's bad, but it's not going to be with the next thing for me. It's not really my next best move or is it your next best move and you're afraid? And you have to ask those type of questions instead of just assuming that you're just staying distant, that you're just playing into the old patterns that you used to play into because you might not be playing into those old patterns anymore. It might be different now because you are doing a lot of deep work. What are ways to ground yourself when feeling lost and frustrated through being unemployed? So, honey, you want to be employed, it sounds like. Tell me yes or no. You want to be employed. You would love to be in your dream job. Yeah? We're going to do a little exercise right now. So I want everyone to think about, I'm going to have you write in chat, yes or no, you want to be employed. <laughs> that's, the, that's the first question. Anytime you feel frustrated or triggered or lost about something that you desire, you have to ask yourself, do I really desire it? Do I really desire a relationship? Do I really desire a job? Okay. I'm hearing yes, yes, okay. Do you really desire it? That's the first question. And then if you do, and you're finding yourself getting like in a frequency, we'll call it a frequency because it is an energy state of frustrated because that's not getting you any closer or lost or down and out and not getting you any closer. What you're going to do, this is what I literally do, you guys, on anything. doesn't matter what it is, job, anything is I will start to build myself up. Because what happens when you feel the emotion of frustrated, right? What happens? The thought, you got to look at the thought. So look at the emotion. And then what thought is feeding that emotion? I can't find a job. I'm making this up, hun. So I'm just going to do this with you. I'm assuming these are your thoughts. I can't find a job. 
No one's hiring right now. This is a really tough market. Everyone's saying this is a really tough market. Uh, Yeah, I have a lot of skill sets, but I'm not really seeing anything that's available for the skill sets I have. These are most likely your thoughts, right? And what happens with those thoughts? Those thoughts just spin more frustration, more feeling of unsteadiness, more feeling of out of control. So when you start to notice this, you get to control your thoughts. No one has control of your thought. It is the one thing you actually have complete control of. And your thoughts predict your feelings. So then what you get to do is go, hmm, those are interesting thoughts. You've got to like get so laser on this. And we've done a whole episode on this. So these are my feelings. What are my thoughts that are creating these feelings? The only control I have is my thoughts. What story, what meaning am I making about my unemployment? What meaning am I making of this situation I'm in? So then look at those thoughts, write them out. No judgment. Oh, that's interesting. Is that actually true? Most likely not. Is it true that no one's hiring? Absolutely not. Is it 100% true that there is not a job that has the thing that you love out there? No. Is it true that it's not possible for you to find something or for you to be doing what you love? No. These are all things you have to ask. Is it absolutely true? Most likely you'll find that it's not absolutely true. So that also dissipates the energy just a little bit, just asking that. And then you're going to create new thoughts. And this is where I say I build up momentum. So we were just talking about this, Brooke and I, as we were heading to the studio around energy and around feeling like, God, I don't feel motivated. I don't feel motivated to do the things I need to do. And what I'll do, I don't feel motivated every day, guys. I don't feel grounded every day. I don't feel like super aligned every day. I don't feel like I have it all together or things are working out for me every single day. But I'll notice when I don't. And some days I'm better at it than others. But this is what I can do. And what you can do is I start to build myself up. I start to be my own coach. I start to say, you know what? What job would I love? Oh. I would be so good at this. And then I start speaking on my brilliance. I start talking about, and this is what I'm going to tell you. Let me just tell you how you feel if I said this. I'm actually really good. Let's just say you're really good and you want to do something with people and helping people. I'm really good at listening and understanding people's needs. I'm really good at finding out how to fix solutions. I'm really good at being tenacious. I'm really good at taking something seriously and implementing from beginning to end. And I know that there's something out there for that particular role. I know that what is for me is coming. I know that I am worthy because I am willing to work. I am able to work that there's something for me. And I'm so grateful that I have eyes to see and a heart to hear and ears to hear So when these opportunities present themselves, I'm wide awake to it. I can hear it. I can step into it. I'm so grateful for my health. I'm so grateful for this time right now. I'm so grateful for the past jobs that I've had that have led me to the knowledge and the wisdom I've uncovered. I'm so grateful that I have this space right now to really discover what I really desire and how I can really show up and serve. How does that feel when you hear those kinds of words? It's way more empowering. And you can like stir yourself up by talking this way, no matter whatever the situation is, relationship, job, trip, house, things like that. That's what you're going to do. That's how you get grounded. That's how you stay in your power. 
is you stir yourself up. You stir the stick, mix in the creamer to the coffee, stir it in. If you are loving this episode of the podcast and feel like there's an area of your life you want me to coach you on, I would like to invite you to join me for free one-on-one coaching on the Manifestable podcast. I love helping people like you. We all have our different things that we're navigating in life and I will coach you through some of the hardest things. By the way, you can remain anonymous if you prefer because I know some of you have some really deep, possibly juicy things that you just don't want people to know your face or your name around. I am here for you and I wanna help you navigate these times. All you have to do is text me the word podcast to this number, hurry and pull out your phone right now, write in this number 720-706-5956. You're gonna text the word podcast to that number. And then I'll text you back details of how to get free one-on-one coaching with me. No question or topic is off limits. Or you can actually just go to the website and head to manifestablepodcast.com And then you can fill out the form there. So go to manifestablepodcast.com. If you're outside of the US and you can't text me, manifestablepodcast.com to fill out the form to have me coach you one-on-one on the podcast. I cannot wait to coach you. Now back to the show. (laughs) How to keep peace and truth with a narcissist. You're not gonna like what I have to say. I cannot tell you how many times I keep hearing people tell me that they're with a narcissist. I was actually just asking my coach. I said, is this word narcissist getting thrown around a lot lately? Is it just me? I keep hearing this word narcissist a lot. I'm like, what is up with this? It feels like a projection. I'm not picking on you. I'm just going to speak really real because this will free you up if you can take this with knowing that I mean the ultimate love. Why do you want to make peace with a narcissist? Why? Aren't you just basically asking me, how do I make peace with myself and make peace with what is? Because if you can see a narcissist, there's a part of you that's a narcissist. I'm just being real. And I'm not immune to any of this. I have plenty of judgments that I'm working on. So if you can see it, in someone and you don't like it and you're trying to make peace with it, can you make peace with it within yourself? The part of you that has these tendencies. And ask yourself, why am I trying to make peace of something that it is when I can just say it is and then the peace comes? All right. How do you basically, how do you start trusting people again when you are starting to date and you've had really traumatic past relationships And then you notice that you get into these relationships and you feel like they change. They're not who they are. Everyone changes in a relationship. Trust me, right? Everyone changes. Are you different than who you were when you first were with your partner? You're different. Your core of you might be similar, but your behaviors, I guarantee, are different. I bet your partner's like, wow, this girl's in a lot of (laughs) self-development. This woman has changed so much. We all are changing. So first, just recognize that people do change. And that's a good thing. That's a great thing. And the only thing you can control is your inner world, rewiring trauma within yourself, your trauma from your past, because when you rewire it, you're not a magnet to it 
in your present day. So you got to have faith that as you're doing the internal work of rewiring trauma, and if you haven't done that internal work and you're just listening to coaching calls, hoping that it'll come to you, I'm telling you, I've done so many coaching calls around how you do it. I hold healing retreats that show you exactly how to do it. And we do it there where you actually get to go back to these moments. You get to go into them and rewire the story. I'm telling you, you can rewire stories. As traumatic as they may seem, you can rewire them in your neurons, in your cells, so that they are basically, there's no filament, there's no charge. And when there's no charge and there's no filament, you can't keep attracting them. But as long as there is a charge, you can attract similar relationships to the charge that you're holding in your body. This is why it gets repeated a lot, why children tend to marry someone like their parents, why similar experiences. I don't know if you've seen this with people. You'll be like, oh my gosh, their child is experiencing very similar things to their parents. And it just keeps going on and on because that charge is in the filaments of all the descendants. So all I can say is I'm going to tell you to go back to some coaching calls because there is a specific system. Actually, why don't you guys let me know in chat? You guys are going to have to scroll the chat up. Do you want to know this system right now? Do we want to go there? Because I know I talked about it on a PC Live. You might want to say no for those of you who are like, no, we know the system. And some of you might be like, um, no, I really, <laughs> I really don't remember. And I would really like a refresher. Okay. But let me know honestly, because this is your coaching session. I'm seeing a lot of yeses, so if someone wants to say no, say no. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Let's just talk about it, okay? This is what I've been doing, and it takes time every single day. So let's say there was, like, some of you actually know the traumatic experience, but some of you don't remember, but you know you keep attracting certain things like certain behaviors over and over in people or like if you attract a narcissist a lot, you get to figure out where you've played into that or where that's been played as a child and go and heal it so you don't keep attracting that behavior in your life. I actually don't have any narcissists in my life. I'm happy to say that, but I always worry if I'm like, am I one? Because I keep hearing everyone talk about everybody being a narcissist right now. This is weird. Okay, I want what I want you to do is... Either one, you know a trauma, you know you've been hurt in a past relationship, you know a certain thing, you know where it came from, you know there's been many times so you can pull up a scene. And for some of you, you don't really maybe remember a specific scene, but you do know where you were hurt, right? You do know where you were hurt. And so what you're going to do is go, okay, for example, I'll look at where did some unworthiness come from or where did I get afraid to make mistakes, or where, and I, I can't really remember an exact example, so I'll ask. I'll be like, oh, close my eyes and think of a childhood memory. And it might come in the shower, it might come later, it might come in this moment, but you'll be thinking about, oh, I remember, and I put it in my book um, where I talked about spilling the eggs in the grocery store. And you know how embarrassing that is, like all the eggs in the grocery store, and your mom's like, oh my gosh, like I told you not to handle the carton, you're too young, da -da 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 -da. you're always clumsy. You might be afraid from that moment, even your mom, even though your mom's super innocent about it and your mom doesn't, isn't trying to make you feel bad. It's just a reaction that she is having. You then as a child are like, I'm not going to pick up anything that could be challenging for me. 
because I might spill all the eggs and then everybody's watching and I'm embarrassed. So now I'm not going to approach things that are challenging. These little moments as children can literally start to stack and create your human behaviors today, right? So you're going to try to go back to a memory. So you're going to go back to that memory and you're going to feel it. This is not fun. You're going to go back and put yourself there. I would like, I'm going to use the example of the eggs in the grocery store. My mom, I'm not trying to blame my mom, but I'm going back there emotionally. So I'll go back. I'll see my little self carrying the egg carton. They are all over the floor. I see weird people looking at me, looking at like, just because anybody would stare at a child that spilled a dozen eggs on the floor. They don't, you know, and I'm feeling their glances and I'm hearing my mom kind of screech out and, you know, just being kind of like, ah, embarrassed herself. And I'm feeling the emotion of embarrassment. I'm feeling the emotion of that maybe I'm clumsy. I'm feeling the emotion. So you're going to feel all that. And then with your eyes still closed, what you're going to do is go back into role-playing that scene again. So here I am. I want to help my mom. She's shopping. I want to be a good help. And I pick up the eggs and I carry them over to the cart and they spill. And I see the people looking and then I hear my mom's voice and I'm going to imagine it. My mom's like, oh, don't worry about it. I've spilled many eggs before. Thank you so much for wanting to help me. Thank you for being willing to help me. Sometimes these things happen. I really appreciate you. No big deal. We'll get someone over here to clean up and gives you a hug. Can you see how? And I would role play this over and over until I'm like, oh, maybe that scene did happen because here's what we know about our minds, and this is all scientifically based, is that when we go back and role play a new scene, the scene we want, this is how we create our futures. Things are created in the moments. Even our past is created in our moments. I know this is kind of a a tricky concept to grasp, but if you, this has been studied that our bodies are like a computer system. Well, they are. So you wrote replaying, replaying, replaying. It now becomes that's the truth in the cells. That is now the truth. So now I've rewired a scene and you can find multiple where you rewire that are strong filaments in your mind. And we get wired and I just had a guest on here yesterday who was talking about how she remembers the van exactly. She's seven years old and this neighbor tells her that she has a beautiful voice. She's just talking. She's not singing and it always stuck with her. And so now she does speaking to people for a living because these things can get wired in a positive way and they can be wired in a negative, but you get to decide the meaning. So that's how you rewire some trauma in the system, but it requires you doing it every single day and going back and back until you don't really feel a charge because then you'll start to go back to the scene where the eggs fall and you're like, oh, I actually just see my mom being kind about it. And I then I see other people now that were staring at me, just smiling and being like, oh, I've done that too. You're such a nice, helpful girl. Then the whole scene starts to shift and the energy in the body changes. And then you now are no longer a charge and a match to not trying new things because your body isn't holding onto that charge. Does that all make sense? It's powerful work. Powerful, powerful work. And you can do this in hypnosis. You can do this in deep healing work with, you know, with someone who's guiding you, or you can do it with yourself as well. 
Oh, EMDR is really cool therapy. Yes, Darcy's talking about EMDR, which is like this eye rapid movement that people can do. I do have something to say about this. So I learned about EMDR. This is where I, I don't know why I'm going to share this, but I feel I'm supposed to because Darcy's not wrong. Like this is, can be some of the most powerful work because it literally is eye rapid movement, which when people are in trauma, they actually move their eyes or they go back to memory rewiring. Naturally, the eyes will start to go back and forth. I've seen it in my, when I'm doing healing stuff with people, they don't even know. Sometimes they don't know, but it's under their eyelids and the eyes will go back and forth. And this is rewiring. It's like neurons rewiring. When you're looking for a therapist and you're looking for healers in your life, be very, very discerning. So I was like, oh, I want my family to do EMDR. This would be amazing. Like, I'm sure all of us has trauma. We want to go to the next level. My kids, my husband, and me. And I'm like Googling people in our area that could do this. And I was like, it would even be better because there's all four of us if this person would come up to our house and do it, right? So I'm looking for someone like that. And I find someone who was a little hesitant to work with kids, but she was like, I think I can totally do it. Like, it's fine. Like, that should have been my first red flag. <laughs> but I was like, oh, what? you know, they say they, they're specialized in this. Let's bring them up. And I remember the first session with her. I, I have a lot of tools in my toolbox because I do this for a living. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, because... Sometimes your session ends and you have all this emotion build up and you haven't cleared your bucket. She would call it filling up your bucket. Well, my husband, I noticed he was like kind of like irritated for like three days after his session, just weird energy. And then my daughter was like my youngest, who's very vocal, was like, I don't like that. That is not fun. I don't ever want to do it again. And my oldest, who's kind of more like me, like wants to stick things out. She was like in it but she didn't say anything. So they're doing three or four sessions by this time. And it was not good, guys. Like it really, my husband finally came to me and he's like, Dana, I've done a lot of different healing work in my life and I have a lot of tools. And this woman is getting me into depression. Like I am not actually doing okay. This is not good for me. And he's like, I'm having to use other tools to try to get myself out of this depression. My oldest went into deep, deep depression because of this therapist. And we, it got really scary to where I had to like really find a specialist to come in. And my youngest was like, thankfully was like, I hate it. And she wouldn't even go to the sessions. So she didn't get too locked in. And, and that's, I only bring that up because I know it's like going to a chiropractor that's not so great. And it could really hurt you. And so just really use your discernment, really like for me, I was trying to go the most convenient route, right? I wasn't actually staying in my power with it. I was finding somebody who would drive up to our house and do this. And that that can sometimes work, but I wasn't, my intention wasn't to find the best. My intention was to find someone who's willing to come to our house that was good. So you can see the difference between the intention. Yeah. And that was a big lesson for me. I was like, wow, I need to be very mindful of what my intention is. I should only look for the best healers. I should only look for the most people who are most equipped in their craft and spend more for it. Spend more for it and not look for the convenience. So maybe that's a lesson for someone. I don't know. I felt called to share that story. So maybe someone needed to hear that. Your healing, don't go for cheap. I would say this with chiropractic too. (laughs) 
any type of deeper type of healing because really good EMDRs are primo, primo. Okay. My therapist pointed out that someone in my life is a narcissist, which is where my awareness came from. (laughs) Well, um, yeah, I'm just hearing that word a lot. I don't know. Have you guys hearing it? Raise your hand just because I can see you guys. Are you hearing everyone talk about narcissists more than ever? (laughs) I'm like, now everybody's a narcissist. What's going on? (laughs) Just be really careful. I do believe there are narcissists. It is a name by reason, but it doesn't mean everyone you dislike is one. (laughs) Or everyone that has wronged you is a narcissist. (laughs) Okay, great. I've been married for 30 years. How do you have a conversation about your relationship with your partner when you are trying to let them know that you don't feel seen, safe, loved, and they just tell you that they feel the same way and just shut down? Feels like a never-ending conversation with no exit. I love this question. I'm actually channeling my husband. I think at the Rise event, he came on stage and a question kind of was similar around how do you get your man to open up? and get vulnerable when I'm trying to get vulnerable. And obviously, you're trying to get vulnerable. You're like, hey, we've been in a relationship for 30 years. Obviously, we love each other. And I would love things to shift. I know we have our routine. But I would love some things to shift up here. And I would love to feel a certain way. And I know you love me, obviously. And you do a lot of amazing things, right? I I just want you to know I understand you. And I'm going to channel him for a minute, because I imagine what my husband would say to this question, being a man, is that just as much as you want to be seen, he desperately wants to be seen, but more appreciated than even seen. And to really check in with yourself first on any time we're trying to, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to and desiring to have more in your relationship, Nothing wrong with that. You're you're valid. You need to hear that. You're valid to communicate about things. You're valid to want to shift things up. You're valid to want to feel more. Totally valid. And I think it's important to communicate. I do. So check first. Am I making him feel appreciated? Is there anything I can do to offer up more appreciation or have him hear it in the way that he can receive it? So goes back to those love languages, right? Where can I serve him in the way that he's going to hear it? Is it through acts of service? Is it through words of affirmation? Is it through touch? How does he receive appreciation? And then maybe try all of them if you don't really know. Try all of them and make sure he's feeling that. And then when you want to talk to him, make sure you're in a neutral setting. Don't come to him when he's watching TV Don't do it right at the dinner table unless he really likes talking deeper at the dinner table. Like sometimes it's out in nature. And then I always ask my husband, like, I would love to share some things with you. When's a good time? Because men really like to compartmentalize and they don't really want to feel cornered because then it makes them feel like they failed already outside the gate. So it's like letting them set up that container makes them feel a little more safe. And so then you can then say, hey, I just want you to know, I think you're amazing. Obviously, we've been together for 30 years, and I just want it to get even better. And you do this, 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 this. That's amazing. And I just feel like I would love to share with you ways that I would feel really excited turned on. You can find ways to make him feel excited, ways that I could show you even more affection if I felt certain things. So 
I would then be like, hey, can you hear what I have to say? Like, I would love if you could do this. So you can't tell a man, I just need to feel more seen. You have to tell him how you can feel more seen. What could he do? Because he's not going to know what that even means, some of them. Like, (laughs) I've told my husband, I need you to look me in the eyes for like four or five seconds (laughs) really close. And it's like a joke because he's like, my eyes are going bad. Your face is blurry. (laughs) I'm like, I don't care. I just need you to do this. Look beyond my eyes. (laughs) Look beyond my face. But I have to let him know, okay, these are some specific things that I need from you. And you feel a little silly sometimes. And you, but I, but I'm like, can you, I ask in certain situations, like I just said, I set up that container and that really helps to, for me to get what I desire, but the him to always also get what he desires. They need to feel safe. They need to feel appreciated and they need to feel like they're already doing a good job. Like they haven't failed right out of the gate. That makes sense. Because sometimes when we're offering something else up, they think that they've failed. So you got to let them know you're amazing. I just, I'm changing and I like some new things in my life. Can you wait? Can we work on this and this and this? All right. First long-term relationship ended where he tried to commit suicide. And the second most recent did commit suicide in my house. It's hard for me to write this. Thank you for writing this. What is your question? I am very interested to hear the rest of it. What is your question? So please type it in and then I'm going to have my team go to that question once it's written in. Next question. My question is, what is holding me back from taking the last step in manifesting a soulmate and opening that door? I've done so much deep inner work this year and doing what lights me up and finding my joy. And I feel like I am so ready and I'm now feeling the vibes coming to me, but feel like something is still holding me back. And I don't know why I can't just open my wings and fly. Well, I think you just answered it. You feel really open and you feel really like enjoy and then you still feel like something's holding you back. So that's what you're getting. It's like literally watching a plant come out of the soil and then you put your thumb on it and and push it back down and it's trying to grow and you keep pushing it back down. So what I can offer you, honey, is like, can you actually feel the sense of joy. You're doing all the right things. The part that is maybe is like that last step. I'm going to give you two different steps. Last step being you got to fully surrender. There's no such thing as a time frame because right now I think you're putting a time frame on it. And so you're like, well, it's not coming. It's not coming. Am I doing it wrong? I'm holding myself back. Something's wrong. You got to shift when you hear, feel that sensation or that. I always almost think it's more of a pattern. Go, oh, nope. Perfect timing. It's all perfect timing. I get to do more joy tomorrow. I get to keep visualizing and really imagining this person. So I'm just going to stay in that. And it's all perfect when it comes. If it's five years, if it's one year, if it's one week, I'm going to surrender to the time. And as you do that, you're letting go of this energy of something must be wrong, right? The second bonus I'm going to give you is, are you crawling into bed at night right before you go to sleep? with the idea that he is next to you, with this idea that you just made amazing love to him, that, oh my gosh, you're waking up together, like really embody that as truth. Whatever the thing is you guys are calling in, you get to embody that. You get to let go. You get to embody it before you go to bed. 
There's magic in that time of waking and sleeping that's really potent that I don't think people are really um, accessing, like that filament. So go to bed every night as if it's already here. You would be smiling. You would be excited. You would be feeling good. You would be sleeping on your side of the bed or you would be hugging a pillow, whatever that thing is, and you would wake up in joy as well because you would be embodying as if it's already here without a time frame attached. And try that. Like those last two filaments are the last threads because you're doing all the steps until the last two. And you can see it in your writing. All right. I don't actually see the first question that came up, that one I asked and see the final. Uh, My team has it. You see it? Well, okay. We're pulling it up. So I'm just going to paraphrase the question. This is a lot. First relationship, person tried to commit suicide. Unsuccessful, but still that trauma. Second relationship, they actually did, and it was in your home. Third, now you're like, I'm not actually seeking a relationship, but, you know, I do recognize that relationships are part of my existence on this planet. (laughs) And I'm just afraid that that might happen again. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Those are two bigger things. I would be looking at... Where, honey, I'm going to go here with you, okay? Some of you are going to like this and some of you are not going to like this, but I'm going to go there. Where inside of you do you feel a lot of depression? And I want you to look at where inside of you doesn't feel like being here on this planet. Where inside of you do you feel sadness come over you quite a bit? And I would start to look at, and I have a whole section in my Embrace Abundance book around this. I would start to be looking at where, or is there a part of me that likes to be around people that I can try to fix or that are sad? That um, make me feel like maybe my life's okay. And really looking at that side of you that is either in sadness or desiring to be around it, whether it's to fix it or whether it's to validate your own life. And I only bring this up because I used to look at those magazines where they'd gossip about everybody way back when, because my life was so not great. And so sometimes it's easier to look at other people's lives that are seem like they're crazy and be like, well, am I not so bad? (laughs) Right? And I'm not saying that's your situation. That's your job to look at where 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 does this reside for me and then if it is around depression for you or it is around sadness for you where can you shift some things in your life physically the stories you tell yourself so mentally right where can you get some help and really get real about it and then the second thing is if it's not that, to check and go, where do I like to fix? And where can I let go of this desire to fix? We talked about the four different personality types last session around the intimidator tends to have the poor me and the interrogator tends to create the aloof and the aloof tends to create the interrogator and the poor me, the intimidator. These are just very broad stereotypes. But what role are you playing into? And what role can you let go of? 
so that your external experience with relationships is in a match with the energy you're holding within yourself. I love you guys. I'm going to answer one more question, and I think we're at time. My team's kind of notifying me. Your premium coaching has taught me how to step back. I appreciate that. It's like, it truly is about, can we love what is? Can we accept and be curious about what is? Can we um, let go of the shovel, (laughs) the pickaxe to try to fix things all the time? And really um, be in this experience of curiosity. Be in this experience of I'm going to choose love. I'm going to choose to love myself. I'm going to choose to love others and their experience and their choices, their belief systems. Because when we do choose love, which is the highest frequency, which is honestly the greatest power any of us can hold on to. It's the greatest power for manifesting. It's the greatest power for peace. It's the greatest power for healing within the body. This has all been studied. And if we can really finesse how much love we can feel each day and like stir ourselves up to love, stir our hearts up for love, wow, just you get to live in miracles a lot more every day as you choose to stir up to love. Looking at somebody else when you would normally judge and just go, hmm, that's that's interesting. Okay, can I choose to love them just because it's another human? Can I choose to love myself because now I'm going to lean back and not try to fix or control? Can I love myself in that? Can I love myself in my imperfections? Can I love myself and even in the things that I'm like, I wish that were not like I, I control, I'm controlling and I love myself. I'm sad and I love myself and say those things and be your greatest cheerleader, be your greatest advocate. And we talk about this a lot, but asking yourself and writing in your journal, am I being my greatest advocate? If you write that question down right now, am I being my greatest advocate? What would the answer be? Another quote I like is, am I my greatest secret? Am I my greatest secret? I just heard that on an episode I was interviewing girl and I was like, God, are we being our greatest secret? Not letting our true selves out, not letting our love out, not letting this brilliance that lives within us out? And I think the greatest brilliance is honestly love. It is what makes no one, and going back to the breast implants, going back to these, I can do this makeup, right? You guys don't care about my makeup here in LA. You care about my heart. And I know that. You could care less if my hair was out. Truly, I really believe that I could show up here bald and you would still stay in coaching if it was helping you because you would feel my love. And I think you, we all get to come to that point of knowing that I get to do my hair, I get to do makeup, but it doesn't define who I am. My clothes don't define who I am. My handbag doesn't define who I am. I have a lot of laughter around handbags lately. They don't define anything. And 
we lose ourselves at times thinking they do. And that's okay. That's part of this human conditioning, but letting it go. Recognizing we are enough in our love. So write this word down and then I'm going to close out. I'm enough in my love. I am enough in my love. I am enough in my love. I love you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving you. Thank you for loving each other. Until next time. I hope today on the podcast, you received the nugget you need to expand in your life. We're not alone in our questions. We're not alone in this journey. None of us are truly on an island. We are all connected through our stories, our heartbreak, our joy, our questions. So I thank these guests for coming on and asking vulnerable questions because not only does it help them, but it helps all of us who are tuning in and listening so that we can get clarity in our lives of the best right next move for ourselves. Thank you so much for tuning in and let me know, maybe share on social media. What was your takeaway? What was that nugget that you received in your life? Is it around manifesting? Is it around spreading your wings and having more freedom? Is it that your bliss translates to your children having more bliss? What was that takeaway? I am super curious and I love hearing from you. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time, I'll see you soon. And remember, you are worthy. You always have been. If you are doubling down on your health this year, like I am, then you need to make your sleep a priority. Sleep is crucial for proper brain function, deep healing, and even weight loss. Sleep is so important that it is the second most thing you can't survive without. Did you know that? With air being number one, that means that you literally would die from lack of sleep before you died from dehydration or starvation. Wild, right? So clearly we've done the studies. Sleep is very important. And sadly, most adults are not getting a quality night's sleep every night, which is leading to many ailments and issues in the body. I want you to start getting a deep and restful night's sleep. And that's why I'm going to give you my deep sleep visualization absolutely free. (laughs) Yeah, you heard that right. Absolutely free. I have used this method on thousands of people who have happily reported sleeping deeper, falling asleep more easily and feeling energized the next day. All you're going to do is go to dinettesleep.com to download it so that you can listen to it while you're in bed, ready to fall asleep. And it's going to help you go right into sleep. And it goes right into your inbox, whether you do this and download it onto your phone or download it onto your computer. All you have to go is to Danette, D-A-N-E-T-T-E, sleep, S-L-E-E-P.com to download this absolutely free right to your phone or right into your inbox on your computer. And then you're going to listen to it as you're falling asleep and watch the magic unfold.